Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com. Shall we, shall, we, shall we do a proper start this week? Shall we just actually say hello and welcome to the show like normal people? Oh, OK, then. And get stuck in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Whatever Works. We're here again. It's the middle of December and we've been delayed, haven't we? We'll come to that in a minute. But how are you, Aidan? I'm very well, sir. Freezing, freezing the proverbials, but otherwise good. Yeah, we'll come to that in a second. (laughs) We've had some interesting climate issues at the moment, as everyone listening to this probably knows. Well, unless you live in Argentina. Um, Whateverworks.works is our website site where you can find links to all the stuff we're going to be talking about today and the MeWe group is where we scoop up stuff that you have given us to bring to the show which is absolutely great thank you so much aidenbell.com is where you'll find aidentedsalmon.com is where you'll find me and if you want to buy me a coffee you can do that it's at paypal.me forward slash ted salmon thank you so much yes and breathe cold... <laughs> yeah the cold weather let's get that out of the way shall we I mean, to be honest, even I've been cold in this cold snap. I know that I don't care about the cold, but um, it, it has been really cold. I mean, we're recording now on Friday the 16th, and it's just starting to um, become less uh, cold. Um, but Speak for yourself, been... it's minus two outside my window at the moment. <laughs> I've, I've got plus three at the moment. But, but to be fair, the sun is out. And beating down, but before the sun came out, it was similar to you, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not nice for anybody. Anyway, I'd rather be cold than hot, to be honest. Um, well, water freezing has been a bit of a problem. Um, my strategy seems to be good, though. I, I think that putting the heating on in the van, I know it's going to cost money, but putting it on pretty much all the time at minimum you know, when you go and feel the radiators, they're, they're hardly on at all. But right. the, the point is that people in other caravans around me, um, they have had frozen water much more than I have. And I don't know if there's, that's related or not, but um, I had one, only, I've only had frozen water once. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. It, I wonder if the gas bill will be huge, but... Um, hopefully not. I'm. I am a very much a believer in this. Keep a, temp, a temperate temperature going all the time. Don't let it uh-huh. go completely cold and then hot and then completely cold and hot again. So hopefully you're right. Using one room helps, of course. Um, I've got a little study playroom kind of place where I'm speaking to you from now, and it's a small room. And I've got a blow heater in here. Yeah. And and you, you can actually just keep one room hot, which I think is what a lot of older people are suggested to do. You know, you shut yourself in the lounge with a one fire and, and keep that room good. Well, that's exactly what we do. I mean, we've now got all of our radiators on and we've got six all together. And I'm sure everyone will remember the story of my researching and putting in the radiators, with which yeah. I must say I am very, very happy. They seem to be efficient both technically and financially. I've had uh, got a couple of little meters from Amazon that you can stick on to see what you're spending. And it all seems to be good. <clears throat> and exactly as you were saying, Ted, room by room. And we've got a couple of rooms in yeah. the house that are like fridges. You know, we should turn our fridge off and keep the food in the spare room um so yes heating room by room is definitely the way we've always been 
Reminds me of proper UK winters in the sixties. <laughs> Every year was like this. Yeah, and it was. It was. It was completely predictable. Uh, um, so when, when I was a kid, I'm sure the same was true for you. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I you know what wasn't predictable. You know what I had to deal with in a hurry. I put my heater on in my bedroom for the first time just a few days ago when the weather really turned nasty, and I now have it on again quite temperately during the night. <laughs> And I didn't realise how bright the bloody LED was going to be. <laughs> so you I've had to sleep. No, I couldn't sleep. I've had to invent some, a, a, a little. I got I got some thick black thick black card and have a sort of flap that falls down over the LEDs that you have to lift up when you want to see what temperatures what, what what's going on. You know me. I need a lead sealed tomb to go to bed in. Yeah. Um, Ian Barton came up with a, well, I suppose it's a Ted's top tip, really. Um, if you don't have metered water, he, he says, um, you can usually avoid freezing uh, water by leaving one of your taps on to dribble overnight. And actually, I did try this last night for the first time. And um, I woke up to go to the loo about four o'clock or something, or five o'clock, when it would have been at its coldest outside. And sure enough, the tap was still dribbling away. And maybe that helps. Yeah, a good shout from Ian. I guess it is a good shout, forgive me, Ian, in a selfish way, because, I mean, it's not good for the environment. I mean, if we all just turned our taps on to dribble oh, overnight, yeah. that would be a gushing torrent, you That's know, true. estate by estate. So, yeah. yes and no on that one. Yeah, 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 Ted, I've just noticed something that our listeners won't care about in the slightest. You've gone purple in our recording <laughs> notes. Um, oh, we, we're using Google, of course, ladies and gentlemen, our recording notes that we share as we work. And your face has been um, uh, circumferenced by a lovely purple glow today Ted I have no no idea why no well you look purple to me so okay um, you've it, always looked purple it, to me love it picks, <laughs> it, it picks the, the it picks the available colour okay. I think today we are in purple ladies and gentlemen <laughs> oh that's a nice cough you've got there Ted <laughs> anyone would think it's winter <laughs> I, talking of which I, I bought a drain protector for my shower you know you know those oh things you are that, kind to your drains they're like a they're like a little they're like a, a, a chrome ring a circle and it stops all your disgusting hair going down the Oh, plug-off. yes, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. And I, got, I bought one of these from Amazon, and it was delivered. And I can remember opening it, and then I couldn't find it anywhere. It was got, I reckon that somebody, who will remain nameless, chucked it in the bin. <laughs> you don't think the drain protector has gone down the drain? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you nicked my joke there, you <laughs> Well, there you are. Um, There's the advantage of show recording notes. You see, I can see what's coming. <laughs> Anyway, my joke was going to be, that was another eight pound down the drain. <laughs> oh, there you are, a joke upon Thank a joke. <laughs> and something else. The, 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 the other thing I noticed was that the first one that I ordered, so the one that went missing, yeah. on the 25th of November, okay, yeah. was £6.99. The second one I ordered, 29th of November, four days later, was £7.99. And then I noticed that when I was going to me put this in the recording notes on the 2nd of December, it was nine ninety nine. So it, I reckon that it must get more expensive the more you buy. I think they, they, they think you're addicted, I reckon. Let me have a look and I'm going to see now this I think minute. you get penalised for losing them, Ted. Oh, it's like, it's like a it's punishment. It's now. All right. I was going to say it's a slap on the wrist. We've lost one. We're going to charge you more for the second <sighs> one. Be more careful next time. <laughs> Fight, yeah. So it's actually cheaper than when I bought it in the first place. <laughs> Eight quid I paid, and it's five ninety nine now. Oh, there we Swines. go. 
Now, talking of your purchases, I'm very grateful for the one that you flung in my direction, which was um, some was Kofsky sports socks oh, yeah. that you found you couldn't fit your feet into and sent them to me instead. Yeah. Um, do you know what, Ted? Despite the picture that I humorously sent you of my feet upon the on the coffee table saying, look, I'm sitting back in my lovely new socks. They're too small for me, too, in the end. Really? I found they began to feel quite tight and I put what, some uh, of my regular yeah. socks on and thought, oh, that's better. And it's bizarre. I've got the label in front of me here. And the ones you have that you bought uh, are extra large, which are supposed to be shoe sizes 12 to 15. Yeah. Now, my shoe size is between 10 and 11. So I should be well within that tolerance. Exactly. Can you imagine what they're like on me with my size 14? <laughs> it's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? I don't understand yeah. that at all. I mean, God knows what the size small would be like. You put them on yeah, your finger. Absolutely. But it was very uh, it, kind of you to send them. I think what I'll do is I'll see if I can find, you know, a, a charity shop or a, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, something like that to give them to. What is quite interesting, which I reminded myself about afterwards and forgot when I was ordering, I think, was that there is in Amazon listings a um, a size um, accuracy rating that you, you if you're doing ah. a review... And it says, um, do they fit? And you say, uh, they're, they're too big, they're too small. And, and people can put that data in. Um, it's it's quite well hidden, to be honest, but um, it, it is there if you look. So a Ted's top tip, I think. It's funny the idea people have of sizing. I mean, I a while back I, I bought some shoes and I read reviews, <laughs> and I'm a poet and I didn't know it. And people <laughs> people are saying, oh, they're made a little bit too big, so always order one size smaller than you want. And one thinks, mm. why can't there be some sort of uniformity in sizing? You know, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe we should just small, medium, and large are just outdated. We should have one to ten. Socks you know. are a particular um, issue, I think, because some people want their socks to stay up, and other people don't. Yes, so they've got to they've got to make some decisions about elasticity, and yes. then if you've got particularly big leg feet like I have, then that can cut off your blood supply, like I was saying on the last show. Yes. Uh, anyway, there you go. There we go. But thank you for sending them. I'm getting rid of them. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, charity Shuffle. We can't send them back because I've opened one of them. And, yes. Um, my dad actually tried the pair that I kept here mm-hmm. um, and didn't send to you. And he said the same thing. They're too small for him as well. Oh, good grief. So they're obviously they're obviously coming up too small. Socks, Forget that for, idea. socks for L. Now, um, we I don't want to dwell too long on this um, because we've got a lot to cover on the show, but we did. We, we are a week late and we were talking during the week, during the last uh, fortnight, three weeks, about the regularity of our shows and whether we've got enough material for once a fortnight, which has been what we've always done, or maybe we should move to once a month or, as we've done this time, perhaps... Every three weeks, or maybe even completely ad hoc, um, which is another idea. We put this out to the group, though, in MeWe, and we got some responses. We did indeed. Philip Ray came back saying, I say whatever works for the timescale of the shows for the team. If it's an ad hoc timing rather than a regular slot, that's fine. Okay, Gareth Williams said, I have a feeling that there may be a lot of contributions over the festive period or just after. I know that it's a case of insufficient time for myself right now, says Gareth, um, as opposed to not having the content to share. So there's a time issue. Yes, says Matt Jones. I agree with the above unless unless regularity makes things better for you guys. I think simply releasing an episode whenever you feel you have enough to talk about is cool. Be it a month between episodes when quiet or three episodes a week, good grief. 
if there's lots to talk about. <laughs> that said, I think habits and routine are important to many people's psyche. So I totally get it if you want to keep things to a timetable to be at your best, so to speak. Jim Fowle came up with an interesting um, thought, which was, I'd favour even a short show, Ted. And and that's something that we talk about quite often, is that we always try to make it an, an hour, but maybe it being half an hour is OK. Thank you, Jim. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of... I can veer in that direction myself too Ian Watson says <clears throat> excuse me no Ian Watson didn't say that Ian Watson <laughs> said bring back I wonder who brought it who bought uh, it even well actually your wishes are command Ian hold that thought for a while <laughs> yes. and and um, um, lastly Kath Evans jumped in jumped in to say I'm disappointed that you've been delayed to three weeks but I understand between you and all at your end there are a lot of podcasts going on maybe a January sale best worst or something similar (laughs) in the new year would be something to throw into the mix so thank you Kath and thank you to all of them I think my final word on this is that we quite often approach recording you and I and we kind of get all kind of paranoid we're we're pessimistic expecting the worst We, we don't think we've got enough to talk about to make a show up but particularly if we take on Jim's suggestion stick to a fortnightly schedule as we have always done um, and, and say well it's okay if it's half an hour and just go with it anyway um, I, I think that you know I, you and I I think um, are, are kind of pessimistic between us we should be more optimistic we rub off on each other <laughs> No, yes, no yeah, don't. Oh, matron, no. no. No, do you know what? I think I think I agree with you, Ted. And I think, do you know what? Even if it was a ten-minute show, if it's long enough to say, "Hi, Ted, how are you doing? I'm fine, Aiden. How are you doing? Not much to talk about this week. See you next time." You know, right. that's still a show, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Perhaps we should. Could be better. <laughs> yeah, better for listeners. <laughs> you know, you've got to excuse me. <clears throat> I've got this terrible plague of throgs down my throat, which is actually quite a nice link <coughs> into our next item, is it not? It is. <coughs> um, Paul <coughs> Williams um, is talking about Gaviscon. Ah. Um, incidentally, just finishing off what I was saying last time, mm. we'll, we'll do that. We'll go back to fortnightly and we'll take Jim's foul, Jim Fowle's advice on board. Um, thank you for your um, other thoughts, everyone else. And we'll just not worry about having it, you know, always being packed full of an hour of content. We'll go with the flow. OK, Paul yeah, Williams. Yeah. <coughs> Loved the last show, he said, but I'd like to point out that at 51 minutes in and 58 seconds... <laughs> Yeah, I can, I can clearly hear somebody burping. <laughs> oh, that'll be me. Mea culpa. <laughs> uh, I'm not pointing the finger at anyone, and there was no apologies at the time. I can there, only there. I can therefore only assume that someone is suffering in silence. I would mm. like to put forward this medication for indigestion called Gaviscon. As I have aged, I suffer too, and can recommend this fix to any of your listeners who find themselves in the same boat. Bring on the sausage rolls, says Paul. Thank you. Yes, Gaviscon is something that me and my family have gone back to over the years. And it's something that is very, very useful. So good shout. If I was Paul Williams, I would have said in the same bloat, not boat. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) Chris Aldroyd, however, says nay, nay and thrice nay. Don't fall for the Gaviscon con, says Chris. Ask any chemist for Peptac liquid instead. It's oh, the yeah. same, but costs less. Strangely, yeah. it's never advertised, but always available from a chemist behind the counter. Ah, yeah, behind the counter. Do you know... <clears throat> and listen to me. I mean, I've got picked the perfect week to have to talk about this one. I don't know what's going on in my throat. 
I do, in a way, though, have to disagree that burping is suffering, in inverted commas, because I think, on the contrary, it's a release. I mean, as you can hear, the noises and gases that emanate from my body all the time and should, and from yours too, I hope, because it's a natural process. However, yes, I will certainly grant you that allowing... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Burping (laughs) burping and making unpleasant bodily noises during a podcast is not advised. You know what, Ted, I will say when I do feel acid reflux coming on, which I guess is also, you know, peptic acid and Gaviscon also work on that. I have a bo- box of these things or a tub of these things. Tums. They're American. Oh, um, yeah. And they oh, they are so Moorish. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're sweeties that you suck to get rid of acid reflux. But my yeah. goodness, they're yummy. I always, I always take two. Even if I think I only need one, I let myself have a couple. They are very, very yummy. Unfortunately, only available in America, as far as I know. Swines. <laughs> we'll have to get Demis, um, uh, sorry, Daniel Bemis to send some over. Talking of whom, yeah, I was asked. I asked on the last show what a court was oh, in, rela- yes. in relation to Daniel Bemis's bird feeder. You did. And Mike Latour, also from the USA, responded, a court, he says, is a quarter of a gallon. So keep up at the back. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. So so you measure non-liquids in gallons because he was talking about seeds. Well, according to Mike, sometimes there is an overlap, such as with Daniel's seeds. However, he says, more often than not, non-liquids are measured in ounces. Yes, oh, right. we are confused and confusing. <laughs> I'm confused right. now, Ted. I don't know about you. Yeah. Do you know what? I I have to say, vive la metric, vive la metric. I spent my whole Adolf life trying to fight off the lunacies of the whole imperial system. I can only work in metric when I drive my car. I can only think in kilometres. Um, don't get me started on the 12 hour clock, though. Let's move on to another item because I'm about the, to climb onto a soapbox the, here. The, the, uh, the, the other thing that the Americans do, I think, is, is measure thing in cups, like yes, the cooking. Yes. Which is, that, uh, that's just bizarre because a cup could be any size, couldn't it? Yes, but and spoons these days. I mean, there's no standard teaspoon or tablespoon either, is there? Very odd indeed. You're right. Let's move on. But thank you, Daniel. So, anyway, the 12 hour clock. <laughs> no, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike and Daniel. No, but really, the 12-hour clock. <laughs> no, no, don't. Chris Kelly is after a dehumidifier and posted yeah. upon the group where several kind people came back and responded, as they do. Thank you very much. Keep it up. Brian Hall says to Chris that a 12-litre version of the Inventor EVA Ion Pro worked very well for drying washing. And a few days ago, we had a bad water leak from the bathroom sink and it dried the floor over a few hours. We've never used one before and we were so surprised how well it worked. Well done. He got it out. (laughs) Gentle listener, there was an edit in there. It took me about 12 attempts to get that right. And now Ted spoiled it. (laughs) Judge Barton recommended a Miyako, M-E-A-C-O. Um, which he says works very well for drying clothes and generally absorbing moisture from the room. Duncan Robertson brought the Avilia X125, which he says works well for drying clothes and stopping condensation. And lastly, Robert McCrown uses the home dehumidifier, which he says seems to work well and is smart. So 
um, it can be used by Google. Um, <laughs> the the uh, everything is smart with Google. Um, so thank you everyone for your suggestions for Chris Kelly's dehumidifier. Don't forget also though that I had on the show a while ago my Ancio dehumidifier disposable pack. Now um, you get ten of these for kind of a few quid. And you just kind of put them around the room. I did cover them on the on the show. They're, they're really cheap. Um, but as Chris did point out in the group when I when I suggested this, they're also killing the planet because they're all made of plastic and you've got to throw them away at the end. Um, but yeah, there are lots of options for dehumidifying. Some of them expensive, some of them cheap, some of them good for the planet, some of them not. Hope that helps. Thank you. Ian Watson is next on the Anchor Power Core 3. Ah. It's Tech Tech Corner. He says that I've got this wireless power bank. It's got 10,000 milliamp hours in it. It's Qi certified, which means it's got a, a wireless oh, charging very pad on nice. one, one side of it. It will output um, by USB-C at 18 watts, and I'm very impressed with it, says Ian. I've used battery packs before, but the cable is always annoying. I was looking at it a few times. I was looking at a few others, but um, decided on this known make. We love Anchor stuff. Um, I agree with you, Ian. Um, and yeah, you don't need any wires with this as long as you've got Qi certified stuff, which some of us have, don't we, Aiden? Oh, um, my phone's and we can Excuse me. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> and, we, and we can put our Qi certified phones and other um, uh, implements on top of the power bank, which is really cool. I wish it was a bit bigger, though. 10,000 milliamp hours is not very much. I suppose it would do an average phone about two and a half charges or something. But yeah, good... Anyway, thank you, Ian. Very nice. Looks very sexy. This really is Steve Litchfield's neck of the woods as well, isn't he? Isn't it? He's yeah. But this is the first one I've ever seen with Chi included. So that, that does yeah. impress me, yes. Yes, indeed. I bought a backpack. Again, thanks to, to Chris Kelly. You can hear a rustling going on in the background because I'm just lifting it up because I like to have props when I talk about things. I'm holding this incredibly light backpack. Do you remember um, two or three shows ago, Chris Kelly uh, had an item on backpacks? Yeah. Now, Chris will probably disown me and never speak to me again. I decided at that time, talking while we did that item, that um, I walk to Tesco from time to time. I'm trying to do so more now because I very lazily drive too much. And I decided I needed something to bring me shopping back. And I wanted a nice, cheap, cheerful backpack just to sling over my shoulder on my back and, and carry stuff home. And I found this Kacket lightweight, foldable hiking <laughs> bag. Yes, I thought, oh, Kacket, <laughs> let's buy it. <laughs> so um, £9.99. It's basically... it's just. It's made of nylon. It's all sewn up together. You could scrunkle it into the and hold it in one in the palm of one hand. I mean, as I'm doing. So you know, it's 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 nothing. It's just a bit of old nylon all sewn together in the shape of a backpack. But it does the job. It does what it says on tin. And I've used it two or three times now, and it's comfortable and efficient and waterproof too. If it should rain upon me on the way home, and I'm very happy with it. Sorry, Chris. How, how, long, how long are the straps? Ah, <laughs> uh, long. Enough even for you, I think. Yes, they. Yeah. I mean, I've still got about twenty centimeters unused of the straps. Okay. So, and um, second question is, well, second observation is that there's also a ten percent voucher off, so it's actually nine quid. Um, oh, there the, you go. At, at, at the moment, um, but also if you look on the Amazon page, I don't know if you're there. Um, there seems to be a. Um, a picture, the fourth picture down, has got something with a, a water thingy in it. Does that mean it comes with a 
water carrying thingy as no, well? No, I think no. what they're doing... Well, yes, yes, it does, because like in that picture, I'm guessing what they've done is they've put the water thing in... The, the thing itself has its own tiny little bag that it yeah. comes in, and I think they've put their water thingy in the bag oh, in which the backpack right. comes. I actually don't even know what I've done with that bag. I think I put it with my filming gear because I thought it might be useful to hold something on, on a film shoot. Um, so, yes, I think that's just rather clever. They've just used the bag that yeah, the yeah. backpack came in. Very good. Okay. Well, thank you. Lovely colour too. Very, very nice, attractive blue colour. Yeah, that's very nice. If it's got long straps, it could do me on my moped. So I might have a look at that. Certainly very good. Ian Watson is next again with a bit of DIY. He has got an Amazon Fire tablet and he watches it to use TV, YouTube and to control Spotify. My my reason for bringing this to the show is that I'm really pleased with what I've done. And here's the DIY. I've used an old kitchen cupboard door hinge to mount it under the kitchen unit. I just pull it down when I want to see the screen. And on the MeWe post, he posted some um, photographs of what he'd done. And, yeah, that's really clever, isn't it? So he's he's able to put it underneath the the, the kind of the cupboard, on the bottom of the cupboard, um, over the, 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 the kitchen surface. And when he doesn't want to look at it, just folds it back up out of the way. When he wants to use it, folds it forward again. Oh, Absolutely fiendish. Fiendish in Samanese. Fiendish. Absolutely. F- and very Aidan Bell, very Heath Robinson. I like that very much. Well John. done, Ian. Yeah, well done, Ian. Ian, that is fantastic. Thank you. Oh, it's time for Jingle. Ah, the 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 resurgence of I wonder who bought it, as suggested at the top of the show. Yay! We got to hear the jingle. <laughs> this is something just to remember, just to remind people um, that this is something that I pick up from my Amazon um, affiliate link, um, which can be if you if you're buying from Amazon, please use my link. It's called it, it's at tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon TED UK. All you have to do is go to that URL tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon TED UK and then go shopping on Amazon it makes no difference to you whatsoever but they send me a few pennies and they also send me a list of um, what's been bought they don't tell me who's bought what but they tell me what has been bought and this was something that we um, used to do on the show that's right we haven't we haven't done for a while so highlighting the most interesting thing I found this week it's Christmas tree time And the, the the tree that I looked at on here was £52.99. You were right about oh, that. Oh, goodness, Blimey. yes. Wow. You said about expensive Christmas tree, didn't you? Anyway, this is a white one. It's an artificial one. It's six foot high. It's got 1,200 tips. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a metal stand, lightweight and easy to assemble. Um, it's easy to fluff up all the branches and um, create the look of a proper tree. Split into three sections for uh, for packing away during the year. Hypoallergenic, fire resistant, PVC, and it comes with no decoration or lights. Obviously, it's just a tree. But yeah, they, they are expensive, aren't they? But whoever has, has bought it, we don't know who it is, of course. Um, they bought it with my affiliate link, so thank you for that. And hopefully, it's up now and doing good service. Yes, and gave you a little Christmas present as well. Do you know what? 50 quid isn't actually that bad for a six foot artificial one that you can obviously use year after year after year. Right. I mean, yeah. the thing that really made me gawp was the, the was it 30, 40 quid for just a use it once and throw it away Christmas tree. Yeah, that's true enough. Yeah. You're quite right. I'm quite anyway, right. Let's have another do... jingle, shall we? <laughs> yes, let's move on. 
Ted's Top Tips is where we are, and it's Ian Watson first again. Thank you, Ian, for chipping in so much to the show this week. That's really helpful. Um, He has linked us to a video on YouTube where um, you can effect some repairs with superglue and baking soda. And it's it's only a four-minute video, so I'll link to that. And it looks really interesting. So the video shows somebody who um, is using baking soda. So so it's, imagine you've got a break in something plastic particularly. Yeah. Um, and you put the baking soda um, along the line of the split. And then on top of the baking soda, you just put drops of superglue. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that the baking soda goes in between the two of them and it forms a bond between the two in a way that makes it better than doing it without, I guess. Um, and then when it, it sticks hard, um, it, which it does, they, they demonstrate on the video how hard it's, it becomes, you can then either cut off the excess or you can file it off or whatever you need to do. Um, and it works really, really well. He says that I did a repair to a, a battery phone charger case, um, which had been dropped many times, and um, it needed gluing, uh, 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 in this case, a piece of metal to plastic. So inter- it, it's quite hard to describe on an audio podcast, but um, the, do invest your four minutes in the looking at the video, in, in the link in the show notes, because uh, it does look quite interesting. Clever. It's to do with, with adding things that you wouldn't expect and having different reactions, isn't it? Like putting sugar in Evo stick. Not Evo yeah. stick, Evo, uh, what do you call it? The stuff you clean your hands with, what I keep forgetting to use. Swarfiga. Swarfiga. Putting sugar in Swarfiga. That kind of thing. Yeah. Thank you, Ian. Good tip. Thank you, sir. Um, I've got one. I actually put this in recording notes before the snow came down and everywhere is bright and white and we can see everything. But the point still stands, of course. I'm a driver uh, and I'm always nervous at the moment in these dark winter evenings of hitting somebody because people walk around and even people who are wearing reasonably vision visual and bright coloured clothing can still be very very difficult to see in the darkness and as we know people are stupid and walk out into roads without looking first so I just wanted to advocate wearing high-vis jackets um, I've got a couple in my car because as we've talked about on the show before uh, making trips abroad you have to fill your car bumper full of high-vis jackets in order to be allowed to set foot in France etc so I've got a couple in the car and I got one out and I put it by the back door and whenever I go out now in the dark I will wear this thing because I just think it's a simple easy not not expensive thing that we can all do wear something high vis because you don't want to be the person that gets hit what a great idea what a great tip because I'm just thinking to myself in the garage over at my dad's house We've got two of these just hung in the garage. Mm-hmm. I even looked at them the other day. Mm. And and me on my moped, it's just a perfect use, isn't it? I just didn't think to put them on. So good shout. Yes, and when you're driving your moped, but also should you have the misfortune to have a breakdown and find yourself walking down a dark lane to find help, then you've got a nice high-vis jacket to protect you while you're doing so. Exactly. Very good tip indeed. Still using and still. I am still using, <laughs> yet again, uh, back scratchers. 
Now, oh, it's a yeah. bit of a cheat because <laughs> I've, I think I bought these in 2018, show number 69 in October, and I know that I've subsequently brought it on to still using twice. So this is now the third still <laughs> using, but I just, I love them. The back Cheek. scratchers. It's a back scratcher. Basically, it's a car aerial with a fork on the end. Is the quickest and easiest way of explaining it. You just pull this thing out and it's got a lovely little scratchy thing and you can just scratch your back. I have a... I even used to see a doctor about it until I just gave up. There is a strange sort of itch towards the middle of my back that constantly recurs and that I'm always wanting to scratch. And I went through many years of doing my, um, what's the name of the bear in the Jungle Book? You know, sort of backing up against walls. Baloo. And sort of baloo, ba- ba- baloo bear. Baloo, baloo, baloo bear, I think, yes. And sort of jigging against a corner somewhere to scratch my back. And then I discovered these things. And they're not expensive. I mean, it's £2.99. It should have been in cheapest chips. It probably was the first time. Um, and they're great. And yes, they don't last forever. I mean, uh, one sn- the, the fork snapped off the end of one the other day, so I had to replace it, which is what put me in mind of bringing it to the show. But they're, they're really, really good. And I have one in my bedroom and one in my office and I can scratch my back with great pleasure whenever necessary. Very good. Funny you should mention that because just yesterday we opened, or the day before, we opened the box of, of uh, Christmas decoration stuff my mum likes to put around mm-hmm. the house. And in there, there was one of these things. Oh, does <laughs> your mother said, hang them up as decorations? She, she said to me, what's this? And I said, oh, it's one of those back, Aiden's back scratches. Oh, lovely. And, and so she said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give that to someone in their stocking. Did you not scratch your back with it? <laughs> no, I've got one of my own. Oh, OK. <laughs> I kept mine since October 2018. Remember, you scratch your back and I'll scratch mine. Ar, ar, ar. <laughs> now, you know, I was talking about drains earlier. Oh, you were, yes. Well, the HG drain and plug on blo- unblocker I brought to Whatever Works 63 in the same year, 2018. Well, actually, it was a Tesco one, so I've cheated. <laughs> but anyway, this one you can get on Amazon. Um, and it was, um, it, it, it's just really good. HG is this company that makes these kind of nasty chemical things that work really, really well, that eco-friendly people would say that's dreadful don't use that mm-hmm. but actually sometimes you've just got to unblock a drain yes and what do you do um anyway um so there it is it effect- effectively removes blockages and drains and it works really well so i would just recommend it it's um you get one liter for three quid um, which also makes it as cheap as chips I've put one in my box, Ted. It's already in my basket. I'm going to buy it later. I don't know what's with me in the West Country today. I'm sorry about this. Apologies if you're living in the West. Um, no, I've just bought one. Uh, that looks fantastic. What a what a bargain. And you're quite right, Ted. And also, I think it goes on that list of things that you should just have in the house just in case. So um, that's going to go in the larder. Thank you very much. A jingle. Joe Fallon is first. Hang on, oh. before hang on, sorry, I've yeah, got to interrupt you there, Ted. Before you mention yeah. Joe Fallon, we have to say we where 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 things are a changing. This is our last five pounds cheapest chips, ladies and gentlemen, because as as we discussed in a previous edition, um, the world is changing. Everything is getting more expensive around us, and I think cheapest chips. We we're finding five pounds a little hard to beat, aren't we, Ted? It's 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 a, it's a bar that's getting harder and harder to go underneath. So we think we're going to move it up to ten pounds in the new year. We got permission from Judge Barton. We did indeed. <laughs> permission he, he was said given. It was okay. Yes, we could so do this. This is our last five pound cheapest chips, and so indeed, for anyone kind enough to offer anything for us going forwards into twenty twenty three, it's ten pounds cheapest chips, no longer five. 
the well um, limit. The limit, limit, limit. Yeah, I mean, you, the, the cheaper can, the better. Yeah, yeah. You can stay under a fiver if you want. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, Joe Fallon. Um, he's on Co-Case's self-adhesive phone lanyard tether patch. Pardon? <laughs> you get two of these for six pound ninety-nine. Um, he doesn't say much about them, um, or indeed whether he's got them or not, but it looked like a really good idea. So much so that we sent off for a couple um, in the household, and they've arrived, and they do as what you're, what they are supposed to do. You, you get the, they're like a kind of um, triangular shaped sticky patch thingy. You put it inside the back of your phone case mm-hmm. with a little dangly thing hanging out the hole where the charging port. Or oh, a little goes. loop, a little metal loop. Yes, it's a little loop which you can then hang on to whatever you want. So a lanyard, um, one of those clip thingies that I can't remember the name of that Chris Kelly. Oh, Carabino. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and whatever you want to, you could just hang it on. And a charging it. cable. It seems to stop the charging cable getting yanked out as well. What? I've thrown you there. I'm looking at the pictures on Amazon and I can see that they've they've put a cable charger through and they seem to be using the loop to prevent the cable from being yanked out of the phone. What? What? You see? You didn't even know what? that bit. You see? What do you mean? That, I'm sure mean Joe that... Fallon knows all about that bit. That white thing? Yeah. Well, not to worry, dear listener, Aidan spotted a picture on Amazon that appears to show that this will also hold your charging cable in place for you. I may be wrong. I often am. Carry yeah. on. <laughs> anyway, um, so th- that's not what it's designed for, I don't think. But but anyway, it, it's um, you, you, it's basically adding a lanyard loop to your phone and it sits inside the case. Um, it won't work unless you've got a case, but it's got a sticky thing on the back, and it sticks to the case on the inside. And I tried this out, and it seems to work really well. Um, if you don't mind the weight of your phone round your neck, for example, you could dangle this round your neck and um, uh, you know behave like a librarian. Yes. So, um, very nice. And come to think of it, you c- it wouldn't even need to be a phone. I mean, anything that you needed to attach a small loop to, to fix, for instance, a carabiner or a lanyard to, you could stick this to that. It didn't, yeah, wouldn't have could. to be a phone, would it? Oh, look at that. You see that link at the loop at the top there? There you There's go. There's 10 there for two, £2.99. Well, goodness even me. Cheaper. Even cheaper than chips. <laughs> I didn't realise that this is a thing. Now, my final cheapest chips under £5 is actually under £3. It's £2.48. I couldn't believe this. Um, doing some computer work recently. I'm Some very kind people on PSC have been helping me out with a computer problem. Uh, I, needed, um, I needed an Ethernet cable. I needed to plug an old computer into the Ethernet just for a short session. And I couldn't, believe it or not, in a house with enough cables to open a computer shop, I don't have a spare Ethernet cable anywhere. I was most <laughs> shocked. So I jumped on our favourite website thinking I really don't want to pay for an Ethernet cable just for one job. £2.48, that's less than a cup of coffee. So I thought, well, it'd probably be a rotten old lead, and I ordered it, and no, blow me, it's a perfectly decent, perfectly well-made, seems fine, five-metre Ethernet cable for £2.48, and it even came in a fetching green colour. I don't know whether it's that the world is turning Wi-Fi and Ethernet cables are no longer required and they're selling off old stock, I don't know, but I can vouch for it. Uh, I didn't... Go on, sorry, Ted. After you. It's also, well, I was going to say it's also um, Cat Six A, which means that it's um, fast and up to date and all. Yeah, the rest of it. It, 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 yeah. And, and it and it did the job perfectly, and mm. I had no problem with it at all. And as I say, when it arrived, I was expecting it to be quite flimsily, flimsy, badly built, but not at all. I mean, it wasn't exactly premium, certainly not, but perfectly acceptable, usable cable. 
That's absolutely mad. Five metres of cable for £2.40. I didn't think you could buy five metres of any kind of cable for that price, yeah, but there exactly. you go. There must, there must be a catch. Well, I don't know. If they're <laughs> going to bill me the, the other ten quid in due course, I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, there you go. That's the, that's the catch of the week, I think. There we go. Well, there we are. What a nice way to end the £5 cheapest chips. In fact, it's so good, I'm going to play the jingle again. Jim Fowle is the actual last one, which is, um, <laughs> he, he's brought a Ruichi four-piece foldable cell phone stand. I, Amazon is so stupid with their titles, aren't they? <laughs> anyway, I remember this from No, back I'm sorry, the Ted. The real name is the Ruchi four-piece foldable cell phone stand V-shaped universal pocket mobile phone holder portable <laughs> vertical and horizontal uh, mount desktop holder compatible with tablet smartphones black and white. Yes, thank you. Uh, now, back in the day, I remember these coming out. I, I got one with my a Nokia phone I bought years ago. Yes, years I ago. think you even bought it on the show. I sort of remember this. Yeah, yeah. And and you and you. The, the good thing about these little stands are that they're wallet friendly. So you fold them up and they fold flat. And then when you want to stand your phone up, you just get this thing out, unfold it. Um, and some of them have got a kind of lock cross thingy in it and you just stand your phone on it and when you finish you fold this thing up put it in your wallet and on you go again i tried a few says jim um but this is the um a very simple stand goes everywhere with me wallet or bag it just does the business and work works um he put a photograph of his actual one on there. It's me that found the Ruichi ones. Um, £3.99 they are. And, yeah, highly recommended. As I say, back in the day, um, I definitely remember using these. They're very good. Excellent. I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those. Excellent. Oh, excellent. Yes, I hadn't realised that. <laughs> this is a weird one, Ted. I just stumbled upon this the other day. It's only £13.29, so it shouldn't really be an I want one of those, because your response will be, well, then buy one. But <laughs> I just don't really want to spend any money on an easy egg cracker. I just, as I say, I stumbled on this, and it looks like a bit of fun. It's a, It kind of looks like a sort of wire strippers or a pair of industrial pliers. It's a thing with a grip handle, and it's got a little holding part at the front into which you put an egg and when you squeeze the grip handle a little blade comes up from the bottom and a little holding piece holds it at the top so that the blade presses and cracks the egg and the two side rings in which, which are holding the egg in place actually open out taking the shell with it and allowing the egg to drop <laughs> underneath and blow me according to the video it works I mean I've, I've also linked to a YouTube video showing this thing in action and it does actually work <laughs> it's even got uh, a little thing underneath uh, which separates the yolk from the white. The egg, if you want it to, if you add this attachment underneath, uh, the the whole... Uh, the whole egg falls into this thing, but the white, it's got a, it's got, it's very shallow. So what happens is the white then falls out between some cuts, some slits on the side, leaving the yolk inside. So you actually, excuse me, I do beg your pardon, but I held it back, <laughs> separates the egg <laughs> and the yolk um, from from one another. It's only £13.29, but I wow. really don't think I want to spend even that much money on something that's just very silly and I don't really need. But I was intrigued by it. So in that yeah. respect, I want one of those. <laughs> What's intriguing about it is that someone actually went to the bother of inventing this and doing yes. this for someone that ha can't 
get a knife and just crack an egg open yes. themselves. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, probably the effort of putting the thing, the egg into it and then having to remove the two half of the shells afterwards just negates any ease, yeah. you know. But there you go. Yeah, it's just yeah. very silly, geeky, and I sort of kind of want one, but I'm certainly not paying for it. <laughs> very, very nice. Now, my I Want One of Those oh. is actually a website. Right. It's a website where they... It's called superdeluxeedition.com, and they have news and reviews about releases of um, obscure special edition um, CDs, music, videos, DVDs, um, but also, uh, for my liking, LP Records. Now, I focused in on the Alan Parsons project, Turn of a Friendly Car, because you and I both um, love that gear. Indeed. Um, and they've got this new CD um, set with a lovely book and everything, £69.50 from Amazon. I'll link to it in the show notes. But it, the the item is broader than this. Um, it's actually worth looking at this site. The one thing I found on the site was actually, I, I really liked Tori Amos's Earthquakes album. And apparently they, they or she or whoever's involved with it have created this, what they're calling a graphic novel. And it looked really intriguing. And it's something that is related to the music you love or the film you love. £27.60 that one is, incidentally. But there's tons of other stuff on there. And every day, it seems, they send out something new. There's something new being released. And they're for good, you know, like for Christmas presents and keepsakes. You know, for your mum, for example, struggling to think about what to get you for Christmas. Yes. One of these kind of specialist um, keepsake things to do with music or film that someone you know someone really likes and knows about. It's really great. Some of them are hundreds of pounds, silly money, um, but some of them are not, and it's just worth a look. It's called superdeluxeedition.com, and it's a really, really good website. Yes, indeed. I mean, just just in terms of the Alan Parsons that you suggested, I mean, there are six or seven different albums of theirs here. And I was just while you were chatting, I was just typing a couple of search words in. And it does seem to be very, very clever. As you say, they're not always cheap, but yeah. very special. If, if you are, if you're a, well, I was going to say a Star Wars nut, but that's more cinema than audio. But if you are an Alan Parsons nut, then, you know, it's exactly as you say, the thing to, to, to do is to go on and see what, what they've got. And they've got a yeah. lot and I'm being distracted and not making sense because I'm looking at the website. <laughs> I'll I'll close the page now. Very good find, Ted, indeed. It's, yeah, really good. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's a very, very good website for those, well, particularly like me, that like the, the, the vinyl, the LPs. Yes. Um, because you get some really interesting stuff. But a lot of it falls into I want one of those because they're silly prices. Better before. Do you remember in the past, we you, the doctor used to phone or send a letter saying, you know, this is the result of your test or you have an appointment coming up or can we do this, that, whatever it may be, your prescription is ready. Now, I know that we live in a modern world and I know that the internet is taking over the planet and I accept that and I know that we have to go with it. But I'm 58 and it annoys me and my mother is of a generation that many of whom struggle very much with technology and the internet and phones, etc. And what I want to say was better before. I want, I, I, I tossed up between better before or 101, and then I realised it isn't a 101 because one has to move with the time. So it's no good me, you know, I mean, 
snail mail these days is just old fashioned and and of course we need to use different systems but what i want to what 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 nurks me is that the nhs now insist at least in my area of sending everything by text message the nhs have our landline number and they also have my mobile phone as a second number my mother doesn't have a mobile phone so i receive my mother's text messages and when i say could you please use the landline and phone my mother no they can't the system won't let them do that um so the better before as i say i i appreciate that things have to change but as things are changing i think there should be some accommodation made for elderly people who maybe don't have mobile phones or have them but can't cope with text messaging on them who would prefer i mean my mother's wonderful with email my mother does understand and uses constantly email and is very okay with email and if only the nhs would send her an email rather than text all would be well um what are your thoughts sir well, I'm kind of in agreement, really. I, there are probably very few people, even elderly people, that don't have a mobile phone and can't get a text message. Um, but I do kind of agree in a sense that I wanted... My example is that Boots, the chemist, um, send me a text message every four weeks to tell me that my medication is ready, my repeat prescription. Mm-hmm. Um and I've tried to ask them. I said, "Can I have this? Can I please, pretty please, have this by email and not by um, by SMS?" But they won't. They yeah. can't. This, the system won't do it. Yeah. Um, the surgery send out reminders about things by SMS, and similarly, they can't change that. However, there is hope on the horizon because when I was looking, for, when I had COVID, um, and I wanted to get some um, antibiotics because I was getting a chest infection, I did find an email address, and I emailed into them. Now, up until then, when we tried to do that before, they said, no, you can't do that. But at least in going to the surgery, they now will accept emails coming in. And and I was able to just describe what was wrong with me. The doctor looked at the email and responded accordingly. So I think it is changing. But yes, you're right. It, people should have options, yeah. but then op- options cost money, I suppose. I mean, as I say, they have both our landline and my mobile on their system. And yet I can still receive a phone call on my mobile phone. Could we speak to Mrs. Bell? Well, no, actually, I'm in Germany at the moment. Could you try again on the landline? And then they'll phone the landline, but they will yeah, but not phone no it first. They... there may not be anyone there, so they've wasted time phoning the landline. It rings and rings and rings. Then they've got to look up another number to try and find you somewhere else. And you can see why they do it. That there's a time. But why and money... go first to the mobile number, which I have told them repeatedly is a secondary number? And that it's my number and I am not my mother and I'm not always beside my mother. And if they want my mother, please phone the landline first. But as I say, it it, it can't be a room 101 because things are changing and we have to change with the times. But it was it was better before. Talking of room 101. What are you chucking into room 101 this week then, Mr. Salmon? (laughs) Millie Cheddar's. There oh. used to be, do you, do you know mini cheddars? I do, I think, I remember you chucking cheese in recently. Oh, Edam's, I think it was last time. <laughs> was it? But anyway, my, my, the reason why mini cheddars made by, I think they're made by Jacobs are going in, yeah. is that there used to be 16 in a bag, well, 17 if you were lucky, and now there's 12 or 13 if you're lucky, but the price is the same, the thieving gits. 
Oh, I'm not sure we can put that in room. As, as we've said on the show already today, <laughs> everything's going up. Everything's becoming more expensive yeah. in the world. Hmm. Yeah, Ian Barton is next. <laughs> on people who can't close doors. You didn't even wait for my judgment. Carry on. <laughs> it's mine. I, I don't care about your judgment. They're thieving gits and that's the end of it. <laughs> Um, Ian Barton, people who can't close doors. It's minus four degrees outside, he says. The oil-fired central heating is carefully adjusted so it only heats some rooms, not the hall. The lounge has a wood burner that puts out 12 kilowatts and keeps us nice and toasty. She who must be obeyed (laughs) persistently leaves the door from the lounge to the hall open, letting out all the heat from the lounge. (laughs) However, Malcolm Bryant takes a different view. He says, I'm the opposite. All doors open. We have a thermostat upstairs on the landing. If the doors are closed during the day, heat from the radiators in the bedrooms won't reach the thermostat, so it will keep the heating on. With the doors open, the heat from the radiators can reach the thermostat and can regulate itself normally. Yeah, I mean, hmm. it really is use case. As we said already on the show, whole house heating is is alien to me because we've always heated room by room. Each room has its own heating and its own thermostat. Uh, so I'm definitely with Ian. Um, it depends on what your house is like as well. If you've got really good um, thick walls and you've got double glazing everywhere, then Malcolm's approach probably is OK. But if you've got drafty windows and, um, you know, crappy thin walls like... Yes, um, I, but, but like I have, not, not only that, I think it depends certainly on that, but it also depends on the placement of your thermostat or thermostats, yes. as I say, because it seems that Ian has just one thermostat, whereas Malcolm yeah. seems to, have, like myself, have different thermostats for different rooms. Uh, maybe I've got that wrong, the wrong way around. No, 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 he you, hasn't got you, a thermostat. OK, but you take the point. Whether you have one thermostat or, as in our case, six or seven thermostats. No, 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 Ian has not got a thermostat at all. He's got a wood burner. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm admitting, I got it all confused, but it doesn't matter. The point I'm making is that it, different, there's totally different scenarios. So I think yeah, it's yeah. impossible to say that one system is better than the other. Just keep the heat in the house. That's basically what you have to do. Oh, no, he has got a thermostat. <laughs> I'm, I'm as confused as you. <laughs> What a lovely, gentle jingle. Not as gentle as a Dyson vacuum cleaner, I think. Paul Williams brings us a Dyson. My Dyson V10, he says, has started to do less. Clearly, the battery was on its way out. I did checks on Amazon and I was looking around £45 for a non-Dyson battery replacement. Then I found the receipt purchased on the 21st of the 12th of 20, nearly two years ago. I called Dyson just to see where I got, where I, how I would get on with them. And within five minutes, they confirmed a £70 Dyson branded battery on its way to me. No quibble, no yeah. argument. That's like me and my Dell recently, isn't it? You, it pays yeah. to ask. It pays to ask. Excellent, Paul. I'm so glad and definitely a gold star for Dyson for that. Yeah, very good. Um, indeed, yes. Um, last gold star of the day, last item of the day is... Do you remember Mulligatawny Soup? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a song. Mulligatawny Soup. (laughs) I recently rediscovered this and I'd forgotten how lovely it is. And I looked up a bit of the history of it. And it comes from the um, Sri Lanka and the Raj and all that kind of 
British behaving badly stuff going on in the kind of early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, and the British soldiers wanted um, soup for their meals and the uh, the Tamil servants watered down some stuff they had and called it pepper water. And then this this is where Malagatoni came from, from two words in their language. Anyway, um, ah. the point of the item was that I just had completely forgotten about it and it's so nice. I'm addicted to it now and I want to get, give it a gold star. They, they are different. If you get Malagatoni soup from Sainsbury's, for example, or Heinz or Tesco, um, you have to kind of tune into the one you want because the one of the rules about Malagatoni soup is that people can actually pretty much make it like, however they like and put what they like in it. Um, so you, you need to find the one you like the most. But I love that kind of pepper, that peppery thing on my throat. Um, and it's just lovely, particularly this, you know, when you've got cold weather. Um, do, do, do you not remember it? I don't, and or I didn't, and I decided to do a test. So I popped down to Tesco ah. and I bought myself a tin of pepper water. <laughs> I goodness, yeah. they called it Mulligatawny, not pepper water. And do you know what? I, I was cooking this, and as I was cooking it, I read the label, and I read uh, British beef, warmly spiced and balanced with a sweet mango chutney. Now, I can't go near mango chutney, so I thought, uh-oh, I'm not going to like this. I'll give it a shot. And do you know, it was all right. I wouldn't say it was yummy, yummy, yummy. Not really my kind of thing, but it certainly was pleasant and I I enjoyed eating it. Again, it was almost too hot for me. That's another thing. I can't right. do spicy food. So if it had okay. been a shade more in a curry direction, I wouldn't have been able to touch it. But as it was, I would say, yes, acceptable, but not really my thing. What make was it? It was Tesco. Or their own make. Right. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, well, yeah, anyway, there you go. That, I'm giving it a gold star, even if no one else is. I think we're done. We're up to the hour, believe it or not. I think we are. I think we are. And we should be back. Now, this is a big one. We'll be back in two weeks' time, yes. which actually will be... What will it be in two weeks' time? Oh, goodness knows. It'll be two weeks from it, today. <laughs> it'll be the 30th of um, December, which means that this is our Christmas edition. Yeah. Oh, well, well happy oh, Christmas. All oh, sleigh bells it, abound. For goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to put some jingles in. <laughs> Go editing. Oh, goodness. So, oh, happy Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Whatever Works during the year. It's been a complete blast most of the time. And we thank you for chipping in and all the stuff that you put into the MeWe group as well that we've been able to bring to the show. Um, so thank you very much. It's been a good year, don't you think? I certainly do. I'm off to deliver <laughs> some presents. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Whateverworks.works is where you'll find links to all the stuff we've spoken about today. AidenBell.com if you want to book him up as Santa. And TedSalmon.com is for me where you'll find links to all our MeWe groups and all our audio podcasts. So don't forget to do that. But we'll see you in the MeWe group. And Merry Christmas to everyone. Have a good festive season. And we'll see you just before the new year. We'll talk to you just before the new year. Um, So one last thing to say. As always, don't forget... Whatever, Whatever works, works. works. So Ian and Malcolm both have thermostats. <laughs> <laughs>